Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Chris. I'm here with Alex Navarro and Peter Marchiafava. And you're up against the hard cap. All right, all you sports and Chicago suburbs related fans out there. It is time for the hard cap. My name is Peter and joining me today, as always, are Chris and Alex. Gentlemen, what's going on? What's up? Hello. 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 Hello, gentlemen. As you can tell, it's a low-key hard cap tonight because we are recording yeah. a little bit later than usual. So enjoy our dulcet tones. It's like when you watch Night Court, you know, and everything's really calm, you know, and just chill at night. That That is really what Night Court is known for, being yeah. very calm and chill. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not zany at all, that's for sure. No. Super calm and chill. Totes calm and chill. Well, guys, it's been a busy couple of weeks, and I know that uh, everybody's upset that we didn't record last week, and we do apologize for that. But uh, we are hoping to get back on track here. Um, please tell us what what I mean. What happened in the last couple of weeks that we may have wanted to talk about? Anything in particular? At this point, Alex begins to talk, but at a volume so loud it almost blew out our eardrums. The following is what happened next. Let me adjust here. Let me adjust here. <laughs> is, this, is this better? <laughs> How'd you even do that? Now? What the hell? I don't even know. What the hell did you do? That was amazing. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Who do you think, listen, who do you, listen. Think you so, all okay. are? Okay. Okay. Uh... All right. So apparently I sounded really loud. And it was obviously for the listeners, uh, they understand why uh, I had mixed adjustments on my mic. But we, Chris and myself and, and Matt all sounded quite the last show. So we're trying to improve upon that. Gentlemen, it's called guys. projecting, all Dude. right? Try projecting a little bit more, That's... and I think you'll get it, all right? Yeah, thank you, Peter. That's the correct response. All of that junk you just did is going to get cut, I'm sure. That was horrible. I mean, let's say you're listening to that on a car stereo. Listen. That's going to blow the speaker on the stereo completely out, and then people will be driving around, and their car speakers make that rattle sound that you have in, like, know, P, 90s cars. He that can make his adjustments. He can make his adjustments. He's a wizard. He's, He's not going to make adjustments. He's going to cut that out. You sound like a fool. I oh. sound fantastic. Anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, all right? Are we, I had a birthday. We had today. All right? February 13th, birthday. Yeah, you that did. happened. Her birthday. Oh, What's that? Oh, I thought we were celebrating Lincoln's birthday. No, 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 my birthday. So it was fantastic. Had a good time. So that's cool. That was I it. Yes. Yeah, it's cool. No, anyway. that's awesome, man. Yeah, happy no, birthday. we're happy for you. Happy fortieth, Alex. You, what, what's your what's your big what are your big plans for this birthday weekend of yours? Uh, so there's this place called the Jefferson where like um. You know, they make those sandwiches without the crust and they put them to little triangles and stuff. And, like a, uh, you know, it's a, a fancy smancy. Restaurant? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fancy smancy. You it's know, like Uncrustables, other, right? They have other stuff. What's that? They, it's Uncrustables. That's what we're talking about here. Those are delicious. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't be hating if they brought us <laughs> Uncrustables. <laughs> Let me just be have clear. You tried, have Every... you tried the, uh, the peanut butter and honey one? Ooh, that mm. is underratedly good that's let me ask a, you something fantastic one. and actually i'm gonna pose this question to matt as well every grilled cheese sandwich you make as a father matt 
What direction do you cut the sandwich? Is it squares, rectangles, triangles? How do you cut it? Or do you just give a child a whole sandwich? Oh, I cut it. Yeah. And I always offer multiple ways of cutting it. Mm-hmm. But there's only one way they allow me to do it, which is like down the center. Oh. I always I always say like diagonal, do you want it sideways? And they laugh and giggle and shake their head no. But if I did, all hell would break loose. There's only one way to do it. <laughs> okay. It's down the center for me. See, we got to do triangles over here. Triangles. And Alex, if you eat a sandwich triangle cut, it's a child sandwich. Did you order off a kid's meal? A kid's menu? I haven't even gone there yet. I haven't gone there yet. Does it have a choo-choo train that delivers your food? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, but, but, you know, have you gone to sushi places where, like, they have the train that goes around? Oh, the like, automats. Sushi? Yeah. I'm sure that was not Those a massage. Down. You're talking about running a train. Was this a, was this a massage parlor that you're thinking All of? Right, uh, Chris, I'm, I, I'm I think we prefer dad jokes better. Uh, listen, hey, I do want to, since we're on the, <laughs> the topic joke. of fatherhood, have you guys been also told this, that you have a dad bod? Because me personally, I like to think that I, I, I'm i a father figure. You know what I mean? Huh? Is that a dad bod? It's a father figure? Okay, whatever. Uh, I hate you just guys. Just wanted to thank Chris for just killing this segment. So we're going to go ahead and take that energy and we're going to take it into our next segment. Alex discusses the times. (laughs) We'll take a break and we'll be right back. (laughs) After what happened during the last episode, I was a little, I was a little torn. My, my cohorts here had promised me that they were going to go by the guidelines that I had set for the draft. And instead, they decided to go hog wild and just pick whomever they wanted. One so time. I decided, you know what, this week, let me finish. Can I finish? All can right, I finish? Yep. Let me finish, please. Can, can I finish? Can I Thank finish? you. So to that point, I'm going to go ahead and let Alex take it away. Alex, go ahead, you right. cheating bastard. Before we, we get into that, were, were any of the, our lists posted on the Twitter to see who who had the better picks? That's uh that's that's a negatory there, pal. <laughs> okay. It's a planned still, sound button there. Still still think I won on that one. But all right. <laughs> a lot of things. I mean, to to what Peter was saying uh, earlier, a lot of things happened since our last show. And one of them was, of course, LeBron James. All right, so LeBron James has surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as most points in NBA history. Now, I don't know about you guys. Did you guys listen to ESPN or listen to ESPN Radio or Fox Sports Net or anything the day after? Well, Well, everyone... the sports news. We don't listen to it. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't... Whatever they're going to say is nothing that we wouldn't say, so I'd rather say it with my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I wanted to listen in, and I was I was a little shocked. I was a little shocked at how great of a day I was happy I was having the day after LeBron James uh, gets you know this this huge milestone because they went straight into the goat debate, and nine times out of ten people were still picking Michael Jordan as the goat, which is great, but. I started to understand LeBron fans. I started to understand the struggles that they're going through because this 20-year-old 
you know, milestone that he took to the, uh, to achieve and they kind of crushed it, you know, and they didn't give him his flowers. And I feel like we should do this right and give him his flowers. So let's talk kindly about LeBron James. What are some accolades, some accomplishments that you really admire that you're still shocked about that he's achieved? Yeah. Yeah. He drinks too much, too much smoking. Um, (laughs) He doesn't exercise. Never. Uh, You know, it's just. I haven't seen him lift a barbell. Not one (laughs) bell of bars. Now, uh, if you want to be serious, though, the dude at his age still is very, very incredible to watch in terms of his athleticism. He can just decide how the game's going to go, and he's he's like a puppeteer out there. He's really good. He's really good if he's in it. You can tell if he's having a bad day, uh, and he doesn't look like he's in it, and he's not puppeteering. He's getting mad at his teammates. But to <laughs> criticize him for that would be stupid because that's what Jordan did too. He's good. I don't know. What else do you want me to say? Like, well, let's no, just say say uh, whatever you, know, you want to say. You don't have to. You know, I'm not forcing you. If you didn't want to speak, you don't have to he's speak. He's great. He has. I, I just feel like we shouldn't. You know, it shouldn't be a debate. They shouldn't have gone and done the, the Jordan. Debate. No, they, they should have just given him the flowers and given him his accolades. So, so Pete, you have anything? He has had an amazing career, and I want to give you some counting stats that are that are kind of a little bit out of the ordinary that he's really done well. All right. He has led the league nine times in value over replacement player. He is number two all time in offensive box plus minus box plus minus. Um, He's number four in offensive win shares. I mean, the man is all over the place in all those great stats when it shows like how good of a teammate you are, how much of an impact you have on the team itself. Now, it just so happens that Michael Jordan is ahead of him on all those stats, but don't worry about that right now. This is These are LeBron's flowers. All right, all right. Just focus on LeBron. <laughs> all right. That's a, we're, we're, we're focusing on LeBron's for flowers. All of us. LeBron has the most points ever scored in the NBA. It's an amazing stat. It really is. And he beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, somebody who Jordan had already you know, beaten for best player ever. But that's not the point, Alex. That is not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think that job here. if LeBron continues on and he has that 40,000, 10,000, 10,000 career, he truly could be have one of the greatest statistical careers of all time and be the second greatest basketball player ever to live. So yeah. before, before we move on to Matt, actually, that, that's an interesting point. How many points you think he'll accumulate before he does retire? I mean, he's looking to play another four years, possibly, uh, you know, he wants to play as long be in the NBA long enough for uh, mm-hmm. for his son to come and, and join him in the NBA. So that's an, at least another four years. So how many more, how many more points do you think he'll accumulate? I don't know. I, he's going to he's gonna have another couple good years. So I think he's probably going to get another 5,000 points, I would say, before it's all over. Another 5,000. Okay. Chris, how about you? What's your guess? So he's at 38 right now, roughly. Mm. Do you think he'll get 44,000, 45? Oh, man. F- 45 feels pretty good. At some point, there's going to be a slowdown. He still scores, you know, at will at this point. But at some point, that's going to slow down. So, at 45 feels feels pretty good. Gotcha. What about you, Matt? Um. So he's at 38 ish now. He wants to play another four more years. I think those he wants four to. more years could level? turn into like eight more years of just not retiring. It could be. Slowly he, he getting could more transition points. to like a bench player coming off the bench, you know. 
I'll take the over. I'll, whatever the highest number was, I'll take the over. I, I could see him getting the upper 40,000s just to like play until he can barely move because he'll still be better than a lot of other people. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he hits uh, 48,000. Absolutely. But what what uh what are some memories, some, some accolades that, that you have of LeBron? So mine's a very recent one. This is my favorite LeBron moment. It's when he was playing against the Rockets and Jabari Smith Jr. went up to him and said, you played against my dad, your first NBA game ever. (laughs) You feel old, don't you? Yeah, that's funny. And LeBron responded, why you do that to me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. That was really good. No no doubt about it. He's got incredible stats but it's just done over a really really long period of time the thing i'm most yeah. impressed with is his longevity more than anything else like i no, mean of course as we've of all course. joked we all i mean we all i think prefer other players over him but no one's lasted as long as him but none of us still yet love him <laughs> the same way yeah yeah no i think we all respect him uh we may not be rooting for him but definitely respect him i mean he came into the league 100 year old yeah, 18 years old, averaging 20 points a game, which is crazy in and of itself, and then uh, just improved every year after that. Um, I mean, we saw a lot of things that we're probably never going to see again. I mean, are we going to see another player make it to the NBA Finals eight straight years in a row? I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, we all assume or, you know, talk as if Jordan stayed, he, w- he would have done it, but, you know, it didn't happen in reality, so he did. That's it's an amazing feat. But mine, mine came in 2018. 2018 was one of the craziest playoffs I've ever seen. I mean, he was just in another realm uh, for for that for that playoffs. I mean, he came in. I was rooting against him. I was I was finally going to think he was going to lose in the uh, first round. Um, he didn't have Kyrie Irving. I think Kevin Love was just coming back from injury, so he wasn't at 100. percent and he just willed his team past the first round, um, beat the Pacers in seven, and then just started knocking off uh, team after team. It was a Toronto afterwards. They had the first seed, and then a very young uh, Boston Celtic team with uh, with Tatum and Brown, still beat them. I think in that that was uh, that went to seven as well. And then obviously uh, in the NBA Finals, he had that fantastic game one where he had fifty points. And if J.R. Smith had just rebounded the ball and passed him the ball at the three-point line, <laughs> that could have been a completely different. I'm not saying they would have won the series, but that would have been his Allen Iverson moment when Allen Iverson walked over Tyrone mm-hmm. Blue. Remember when he was on the floor? Oh, yes. They, they beat oh. the Lakers in game one. Like, everyone, he didn't win the finals, but everyone loved him and respected him <laughs> after that. That would have been his moment. Um but, but yeah, obviously that, that didn't happen, but still a fantastic series. Um, I think he averaged a triple double that series as well. So 2018, um, you know, besides someone who we're not going to speak of right now, but so, uh, he had the best playoffs that I've ever seen besides that individual. But yeah, just wanted to give uh, LeBron his flowers. And then, you know, the GOAT debate is is something that we're never going to, be able to decide on because it's it's not a defined thing everyone has their certain you know uh stats or intangible you know uh skills that they're looking for in their goat but something that we kind of can and should be able to define is the word dynasty now 
there's there's an interesting question that, that came up. Uh, Magic Johnson was on uh, All the Smoke with uh, Stephen Jackson and, and Matt Barnes, and uh, they were talking about Allen Iverson. I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah Thomas and Jordan Howe. You know, um, they're still not on good terms, and they can fix that and, and whatnot. Uh, and they brought up the Detroit Pistons, and uh, Matt Barnes asked Magic if the Pistons were a dynasty. And before I give you the answer uh, that Matt, jo- Matt Johnson gave him, wh- what are your thoughts? The Pistons, you know, making it to uh, three NBA finals in a row, four, maybe five, I can't remember, Eastern Conference finals in a row. Were they a dynasty at that time? I would say yes. Because you, you still had to, like, they were there fighting for the East all the time in the 80s. So, and then they won two in a row. So I think so. Do you think two dynasties can exist side by side? Because technically the there were three, all oh, the Lakers, the the Celtics, True. and you're trying to fit the Pistons in there as well. I think that's, I, I, I think unfortunately the Pistons are just numbered out of that. That's a good point. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. When you think of like the definition of dynasty, you're thinking of just, you know, one ruler and no one else is coming close. And that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I think Magic Johnson did say um that if they weren't a dynasty, they were really close to it. And I, I and I, I would definitely agree with that. They had such yeah. a good team. They were solid from top to bottom and they could play yeah. with anybody. They happened to do it extremely in a very dirty fan. They did it really dirty, but they did it. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I I think most of the people who I spoke with, their kind of rule was you know two isn't enough. You know it has to be be three. Um, is is that for the NBA? Is that kind of the rule for a dynasty? It has to be at least three or more. I, I don't or really is two, know. Is two ever enough? Like when when has two ever been enough for a dynasty in the NBA? Right. I feel like it's not so much a number as it is more of a just a feeling that you've like conquered the league for that year. So even if you didn't win that many, and to be honest with you, I'm having trouble coming up with an example for you because the NBA is kind of known for their dynasties. You know what I mean? So I, I think all you could say is maybe the the Lakers in the early 2000s. Would you consider them a dynasty? Right, because they just won. That's a decent comparison. I would, actually, I would consider the yeah the three P. I consider yeah. that a dynasty. I do consider that a dynasty. Okay, so they would like consider... the post post Jordan pre LeBron dynastic era, right? Yeah, right. Because they were okay. that was the early two thousands, and they were dominant. Yeah, but would, would you consider the Miami Heat uh, when they won in was it 2012? Is that run? Uh, was that run a dynasty? Mm. not six not seven so you know <laughs> not eight i i don't think so because they didn't hit you know those numbers right so i think you're yeah proving the point two doesn't cut it it's impressive it's amazing but it's just not a dynasty so does that translate to every league so Pat, patrick mahomes um just made it to his third Super Bowl won his second one um, and had been in the uh, AFC Conference Finals five years in a row. Is he? Is that a dynasty? Is, is that a dynasty for the NFL? With how much um, the NFL changes? Yeah, I would say so. 
I mean, the, we called the Patriots a dynasty in the NFL, correct? Well, they yeah, were. The they won, won like a yeah, bunch. That, so that if was... that's the comparison, then nothing nothing we're seeing currently is a dynasty in comparison to the Patriots. The Patriots were the dynasty. Yeah, I think I think but that's the greatest be... dynasty of all time. You know, I'm yeah. not saying everyone can achieve that, but is is two is two Super Bowl wins a dynasty? Alex, especially did you with really that. just say that? The Boston Celtics of the '60s were the greatest dynasty of all time. No, I'm talking about the the NFL. We're talking about the NFL now. You said greatest dynasty of all time. You didn't say which well, sports. No, I just we've transitioned. Sure. We've transitioned to the NFL. Okay. We're talking about the NFL now. So, so is two enough in the NFL? Is my question. I'm going to say no. I mean, particularly in the Chiefs' case, in that they weren't back to back. There was a few years in between. They lost one in the the Super Bowl. I mean. They could have the start of a dynasty if they won the next few after this, but right now they're just one of the best teams, not a dynasty. Okay. That's a fair point. And I don't think teams are scared of them yet. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to the Super Bowl in the AFC, and that's one of the uh, toughest conferences right now, I mean, as far as top quarterbacks, most of them are in the AFC. That's that's a pretty big accomplishment right there. I mean, it it goes through Kansas City if you're going to the Super Bowl. I think well, it, I once Rodgers shifts over to the Jets, then, you know, they're not going to be as good in the AFC. I mean, is is Rodgers better than Burrow and, and Mahomes no. now? I mean, no, that's my point. Josh Allen, maybe Josh Sucks. Allen still, but <laughs> turd sandwich. <laughs> All right. So, so still in the NFL two two isn't enough. What about the NHL? And I think, you know, Peter and Chris would have to speak more heavily on this is, you know, I, I know the Blackhawks, they had a dynasty. 2010, but... 2013, 2015. They won the cup those three seasons. And but they were competitive in the other, in the, in the surrounding seasons. And you right? had to go through them to get there every year from 2009 forward. That's it right there. I think the whole idea of going through somebody is a big part of it. Like they were the gatekeepers, even though they didn't win every time, they were still the always there, yeah, and ready to and you, you know take down whoever was trying to come up. If you got them, you got them in game seven. Yeah, that's you know? why it's tough to to call a dynasty in like the NBA in the 2010s because that was like that was just a fight between the Spurs, the uh, the Warriors, and then whichever team LeBron James was playing with. Yeah. It's interesting to call any of those teams a dynasty just because they were all battling each other. It was so cool to watch. It was really cool, really interesting to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. So but is is that kind of the rule too for the NHL? Two two isn't enough. Oh, Alex, we were trying to talk around the NHL because we don't we don't really I can't really <laughs> talk to it very well. I don't know, man. Chris, did you? I mean, they considered the Blackhawks reign a dynasty, yeah, right? Yeah, that was yeah. considered a dynasty, and yeah, that, uh, that, was, that was that was three. They call it the yeah. twenty the twenty tens was the the dynasty of the Blackhawks uh, mm-hmm. or the decade of the Blackhawks. Um, even though they sputtered uh, out a bit toward the end there, um, so yeah, I would call that. But they did win three, and even had they like, won only two, but they were still the gatekeeper, right? then I, I still think they would be considered a dynasty in, in the NHL. So two might be tough. I think baseball is the only place where you can get away with two and still be considered a dynasty just because it's so varied in baseball. Having the best record is really what it's about. Well, the Yankees in the 90s were a dynasty, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I mean they they won multiple. But before we switch to uh, baseball, which I, I think that we can kind of agree on that, the two's enough over there. But if if the Bears had won in '85 and '86, would that have been considered a dynasty? Because in my heart I mean, of hearts, I think I would have. I would right, have considered them a dynasty. Alex, right now the Bears are the only team considered for a one-year dynasty. Right. So, yes. A lot of people call them a one-year dynasty. But isn't that kind of strange, though? Like, what what made them? Is it is it just that they're bigger than life personalities? The fact that yes. we're in Chicago, so we just kind of... <laughs> it's their larger-than-life personalities. They, they, they were able to do so much with it. And just the way they dominated every single team they played against. Like, well, except for the Dolphins, of course, famously. But yeah, I mean, they they were just they were just better than everyone else and they knew it. So, yeah, with that kind of bravado, you know, it's it's tough not to consider them. That's fair. That's fair. So I think I think that that kind of solves the dilemma with with the Pistons. The Pistons weren't the gatekeeper of the East. That was the Boston Celtics. And they right. had to they had to get over the Boston Celtics um, to to finally um, get to the NBA Finals, and then obviously it was it was very it was short lived. It was two years, and then uh, the Jordan and the Bulls uh, knocked them off. So that makes sense with the the Boston Celtics. But yeah, it seems like for dynasty purposes, most leagues are three, except for for baseball, which has that. It's just difficult. I mean, it's just the the best team doesn't win every single year in baseball. It's whoever has yeah. the best chemistry going into the playoffs. It's- baseball is a regular season dynasties. The playoffs yeah. are way too volatile. Yeah. And with hockey, it's just it's just so physical. Hockey I mean, just doesn't make sense. Nobody knows hockey. What just, are you so, talking about? Like I mean, it's it's difficult to win two years in a row in hockey. It's just it's just a very difficult sport. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're slipping all over the place, man. They can barely oh, find a puck half the time. Oh, boy. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So hopefully we have some uh, future dynasties coming up here with the uh, the trade deadline, the trade deadline that just passed in the NBA. Some huge, huge trades happened. A lot of them. Uh, very interesting t- trade deadline. What was your favorite trade? Uh, what trade were you hoping ha- that would happen, didn't happen? What are your thoughts of this uh, this past NBA trade deadline? Gosh, you know, I got to say my, my favorite trade was Mason Plumlee. You know, for Reggie Jackson, uh, in a second round that, pick. That right there, that was a solid move. There, that yeah. was Gordy. That was a good solid move. That was good. You know, mm-hmm. that's probably my favorite. Has a lot of. Nice. It carries a lot of weight. <laughs> I believe Mike Muscala also got moved. You know that guy. Yeah, that happened sport. for Justin Jackson. Yeah, mm. and some second rounders. So in the future, all right, isn't that the crazy? Like there were like thirteen second rounders yes. that got moved this uh, this yeah. uh, trade deadline. Who? Ca- uh, okay. Listen, well, which there's one, one thing that matters at this point: the Phoenix Suns. Let's get real. The Phoenix Suns, and that's where it stops. Yeah, I mean, as soon as Kevin Durant got into town, he took over that team. Booker doesn't have to worry about trying anymore. It's going to be much better for them. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but that's the. If the question is who you know was the biggest splash of the trade deadline, that's it. Was it Kyrie Irving? Well, I think that his addition to Dallas is a huge plus for Luka Doncic on the basketball court. For, for Obviously, Booker's dad, we can talk to you exactly. <laughs> nice. 
no, we can we can talk about his, you know, off the court crap and the stuff that he does on there all day. But Kyrie is still one of the top players in the league right now. And to have him and Luke on the same team together, if they can find a way to play together, that's going to be a dangerous team this uh, come this playoffs. What do you guys think about yeah, D'Angelo I mean, Russell going to L.A.? You know, is he going to be a better chemistry fit than Westbrook over there? I, th- I think Westbrook really had a lot of um, issues with the head coach, with the team in general. So, yeah, there was it was always something, um, and it wasn't on the court. It was always in the locker room uh, that there was some some story that happened with with Westbrook and either a teammate or uh, the head coach. So, no, I, th- I think as far as chemistry, it's it's a good move for the team. Yeah, and they like brought a, a lot of youth. Sounds like a real, a lot good, of youth. real good dude to fit right in with the Bulls, you know. Bring that Westbrook? Russell Westbrook right into Chicago. He'll fit right in. He's gonna make a splash. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be good, you know. Real good. Well, we need something. Not we him. Need something. We... Not yeah, him. I mean, I prefer John Wall. I don't know why they're not going after John Wall a bit harder. Um, but we, 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 you know, he has the energy. He, Pat Bev said that you know he was the first one in the locker room. He was the last one to leave. Uh, you know, he would training the, the entire time so he brings hustle to the court and that's kind of what we need you know so i wouldn't be upset if they signed him i you know i don't oh, think i'd be he's upset change a lot i, I, I would change a lot it's he's it's just it's not what the bulls need the bulls don't need another guy to hog the ball when they've already got zach Lorena and demar Derozan taking all the touches away like it's this team should be run through vooch Pat Williams should be getting shot attempts. Like to be honest with you, I, I really thought that they were going to move Demar Derozan and let this be Zach's team and let let him have the guys around him that he you know and see how he does that way because they could have gotten quite a bit for Demar if they wanted to. They could have traded him to the Lakers and got a couple of those first picks. It's a shame. Did you guys hear about the uh, possible trade to the Knicks? Yes. They even give us like three first round draft picks. I think Rose is going to be involved in that trade. Um, yeah, yeah, Topper for, for Zach is going to be involved. Um, I think one of their a good shooting guard, uh, Grimes or something, was going to be involved as well. Um, Grimey, 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 as he likes yeah, to be Grimey, called. Yeah, <laughs> he was going to be involved as well. I would have loved that. For some reason, they just they, they talked twice. They 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 talked and then they they cut off uh, conversations and then right before the trade line was See, uh, about to expire they they were talking again and they just could not get the deal done for for whatever reason and that might be one of those things that happens in the off season they they were talking about yeah. that that like those are those trades that kind of just simmer and then they'll they'll get bad they'll get yeah hot it again probably in involved they probably needed a third a third maybe even a fourth team and they probably just couldn't get that going in the last minute. But I was super excited about that. I mean, three, potentially three first round draft picks for Zach Levine. I, I would have loved that. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not a huge fan anymore of his. I, I think we're going to have to get rid of him this offseason and, and move on from this entire team. So I would have loved to have that trade happen. I what think you're probably say, right. That's probably what's going to happen is moving on from this entire team. Yes. But I just got to throw this out there. The, the first round picks. I feel like if they're not, I don't know, they're just not really much of anything anymore. You're These teams are finding good players at random places in the draft, right? But if you get these lottery picks, look how many lottery picks the Bulls have had and they just haven't panned out over the years. I guess I'm soured on lottery picks for the Bulls. Yeah, you, know? you have to have the right people. You have to have the right people. Yeah, it's um, just Yeah, you have to have the right organization, right people drafting for you. So, yeah, you know. 
uh, packs, packs and guard packs sucked, and they, they screwed up plenty of our uh, lottery picks in the past. But I don't know. Well, I'd rather have them than not, essentially. <laughs> so I would, I would do that trade. Any other big trades that you guys want to talk about, or? No, I mean there was a ton of movement that happened, and there were a bunch what, of teams. What's that one got... player that kind of um, swept on the radar that you really would have liked to, like maybe talk, you know, talk about having, or it, 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 it you know, it, it, was a, it was a second round draft pick that they got that they that they traded for him, and they got and they got this huge potential. What's what's one player that you would wish they would you know you after? know who I think is important is Jay Crowder going to the Bucks. I think that that's a piece that they kind of needed. After losing, uh, what was it? PJ Tucker was on the team the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, and and the fact that they've got Jay Crowder to kind of take over that veteran, that veteran spot is going to be huge for them come the playoffs and this stretch run down here. So yeah. I, I think the Bucks just got better. I think Eric Gordon going to the Clippers too, uh, another great you know shooter coming off the bench. I think yep. that was a, a nice pickup for them. I'm kind of upset. I had mentioned him uh, on our last show, but uh, James Wiseman, I, you know, I would have loved to just give him a shot, you know, and I don't think they really gave it a lot for him. Um, so I, you know, would love to give him a shot. Mo yeah. Mama. The Warriors kind of just gave up on him. Like they didn't really yeah. get much back for him. It's kind of insane. No, no. I mean, a guy that they had last year and they just let walk away in free agency. Right. <laughs> they trade for. But how did the Bulls not get in on that? How did they yeah, not go exactly. get him for that? They didn't cheap? do anything, Chris. They didn't do anything. What can I just? What is Arturis, wrong with the Chicago Arturis Karnasovas went to the media and said they have twenty-eight games to prove themselves this year, and I want to let them stand pat and prove themselves. I was like, no, dude. They're you've already like they've given you the whole first three quarters of the season showing that they're not doing it right. What, but th- what's wrong with them? What's wrong? This team had chemistry. Even when they were shorthanded last season, they had chemistry. What happened? They just don't really care that much, Chris. Like it's it sucks, but it's it's kind of what it is. Like you have this motivated team that that gets motivated for stretches of time, but they can't keep it going. And there's a lot of hero ball. There's a lot of me first ball that's going around. Zach Levine's. That's why what Alex was talking about. Zach Levine's reputation has gone into the crapper, just because he's not sharing the ball as much as he like should be. And he's getting like he's doing just weird thing. Not not weird things, but he's doing no weird things, things. Pete. He has a low basketball IQ, and he, he's not improving. He's not improving. And we need a point guard. Uh, right now, uh, Demar Derozan has to take too much control of that ball, and that's that's not good for our team. So we needed a point guard. We need a point guard. Alonzo Ball uh, would be great, but obviously he's injured. I think if we do pick up a, a John Wall, a, a Westbrook, I think it would help, but. It's, again, it's not going to change much. That's, but anyway, this team sucks. <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> this team sucks. Let's move on. That is a transition, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move on to the Chicago Bears, who have plenty of potential. The bright spot in Chicago right now. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. But they they finally signed off on the Arlington Heights move going from Soldier Field to uh, a new location. I don't know when it's going to happen, uh, but we'll see when it does. Um, are you guys excited about it? Are you going to miss Soldier Field? What, what's a, I, If you have a game that you remember from Soldier Field, uh, talk about it. Let us man. know. Can what I do jump you think, in? Man? I've, guys, I've missed Soldier Field since 2002. It can't be 2002. We, we went to a Soldier Field game 
I think after 2002. Yeah, I, I miss it. Yeah, the real Soldier Field. You mean field. before the spaceship landed on it, Chris? Yeah. Uh, That's what oh. I'm saying. I miss the real Soldier Field. I've been missing it. So now I'm over it. And I don't care. And if they move to Arlington Heights, good. Let's do it. Make it happen. Build a state-of-the-art stadium. Host Super Bowls. Have it indoors. Up your game and play better because you're playing inside. Please do that. Soldier Field has been kind of dilapidated for the last 20 or the last 40 years. They gave it a little bit of a, a bit of a makeover and that ended up kind of making it look worse than it did beforehand. So I, I really think that it's best for not only the Bears, but the city of Chicago to let the Bears go to Arlington Heights. And that way the city of Chicago can do what it needs to do at Soldier Field, turn it into just a venue event, have all sorts of different things, host a bunch more college football games. I think they'll be happier not having the Bears in downtown Chicago, to be honest with you. That's interesting. What about you, Matt? A few thoughts here. So one, they haven't confirmed they're moving to Arlington Heights. They've signed the deal, but they, they signed said the deal. they could sell the property. That they could do whatever they're closer they want with the to it. They own yeah. the the acreage, like, but they still need to decide to build. It would be there. silly for them not to. A team it's that owns already their own stadium already has more value than a team that doesn't. They're, if Once they have their own stadium, however much it costs, their uh, the value of the team is going to go up by a billion. So it's it's smarter for them to have their own stadium. But I'm, not, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying it's not a done deal. Yeah, They have not always been known to make the smartest decision possible. But so the benefits of it, right now they're losing a lot of money in Chicago. Like they don't own that stadium. They don't make revenue on all the other things that happen, all those concerts and all those other things that you think Chicago would be happier if the Bears weren't there. They're not making money on those things. So the Bears, if they move out there, every concert, every, you know, whatever on ice, little show, like all of those things, that's profit for the Bears. And that could only be a good thing. I do think it would hurt Chicago, though, like like I don't think they would want the Bears to leave because I think that's a significant source of income and also why that stadium is so cool. If it's the place where the bears used to play, I think it holds kind of a less like cool factor for going there for other things. I think it's a, it's a lakefront stadium. I think that's the main cool factor for so for would be for soldier field, especially when you're talking about music concerts, things like that. Like you saw how well Northerly Island has done as a music venue. I mean, having Soldier Field as a bigger version of that and have that available more weekends, I think that'd be much better for the city of Chicago. Not to mention that on football events, like if you're going to be hosting the Super Bowl, things like that, the people there are still going to be, the people going there are still going to be staying in Chicago's hotels, going to Chicago's restaurants, and then commuting out to the game. So I, I really, I don't know that Chicago is going to lose as much as as you think they might. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it, it has that that history. I mean, you know, Cubs used to play there, Bears obviously used to play there. So it's it's always going to have that history. That's never going to go away. But I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, it'll be easier to tailgate over there. Um, like you said, I actually I actually do hope that they have a uh, an open roof there. They may, hopefully maybe can close off. I don't know how much that would cost, but I'd rather them still be able to play outdoors when the weather's good, and then if they can close the roof off. Uh, in the winter time, I'll, I'll be fine with that. You and I <laughs> don't watch a lot of college football, so we we haven't really watched a lot of Bryce Young plays. But there's 
you know, as far as uh, a quarterback, you know, NFL ready quarterback coming out of the draft, he's he's in the same conversation as Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where, you know, all, all this is, is stemming from. So what, what are your thoughts, Chris? Do you think it would be a, a good idea? Do you think that Fields has proven enough? What, what are your thoughts? What worries me a little bit about Bryce Young, if I remember correctly, he's six feet even. Um, Fields is six three. Mm-hmm. We've had experience with these six foot quarterbacks before, mm-hmm. and it doesn't translate mm-hmm. super well to the NFL. Kyler Murray is one of those uh, shorter quarterbacks, and he has been the exception. But Kyler <clears> Murray <throat> has been um, he has a, a, a deeper drop back, and he's very accurate, or has been prior to this season. Uh, and I think Kyler Murray might be an exception to some of this, but but that what worries about- me. What about Drew Brees? He was a shorter yeah, quarterback. Drew Brees was a shorter quarterback as well. So it could work out great with Bryce Young, but that's, you know, to me, that's one of the things that worries me. Is Bryce Young as mobile? Is he better in the pocket than Fields? Because here's here's the other thing. is Fields in college, all the scouts were like, this is the most accurate quarterback besides Trevor Lawrence coming out of this draft. He's very accurate in, in college, right? And now people look at him and go, oh, he's not he's not getting his reads. Um, he's not super accurate. He's not great in the pocket. Fields was great in the pocket in college. He just, they had designed run plays for him too. So is, is Fields not great in the pocket because the offensive line was bad and because the coaching needed to adjust early in the season? Um, I think yes, partially. But is Bryce yeah. Young going to be great in the pocket in the NFL? Chris, what it comes down to is how the Bears feel about Justin Fields. If they feel that he's a piece that they can build around, they're not going to move him. They're going to keep stoking those flames because it's going to make their draft pick be that much more valuable if other teams think that that's going to happen. So if the Bears have faith in Justin Fields, we're not worried at all here because they're just going to take that pick, get a bunch more picks for it, and hopefully build around that guy. And if they don't have faith in Justin Fields, I'd rather they get rid of him now when his value is about as high as it's going to get. Because if they feel he's going to go downhill from here, then we would have wasted our opportunity. And we have to trust them, you know, and their scouts. I mean, it's not a matter of have to. It's a Well, yeah, it's a matter of have to. It's not that, you know, we want to or anything like that, but they're the ones in charge. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I think Peter captured that pretty well. I don't think there's any truth to the rumors, but I think the Bears are enjoying the rumors for the value it creates. There's a lot of, like, press and buzz about them. It ups his value. It, it just ups the whole discussion and builds interest in the Bears. But the idea to trade him away based on the team they had around him this year is ridiculous. Like, he had great passing ability. He had great running but He had all of these things with, you know, a less than great team. No quarterback would have done well this year. So the idea of, like, thinking, like, no, like, we've seen as good as he could do with a terrible team around him, that that's just it doesn't make any sense to me. I think they're trying to build up the team around him. If they get all those other pieces, they get him a way better line, and then still in a year or two, he's not like, you know, the next Jalen Hurts, then sure. Then it, it might be time, and Peter, you're right, we would lose some value in that trade, but – at that point, he's not living up to potential, but they're and, trying to set him up to do that. And we would have gained all those draft picks that we're going to gain right now from this number one pick. So they could find themselves in the top five again two years from now. 
Yeah, I mean, Justin, I think as far as, you know, um, not having too team around him, he still played really well. <laughs> I mean, there was a stretch where he was averaging 25, 30 points a game, and it was it was just him. I mean, he was the one carrying that team, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Usually you say the offense, but yeah, no, you're right oh, this time, Alex. 100%. Completely. But I'm not surprised by the rumors, um, you know, like you guys are saying, like you want to you want to be able to feel what's out there. Um, and, and you want to kind of up the value of, of the player. And, and if, but you know, if, if Bryce young, if he comes in, he's going to be on a rookie contract from the start. And if, if he plays well, like your borough, that's, you're going to have rookie, a, a guy in a rookie contract for, for five years, four to five years. Right. Uh, and if, if we get a good haul from Justin Fields, would any of you guys be happy with that? And I'm talking about, you know, maybe two to, to three, um, first round draft picks, and maybe a, a second or a third. Would, you, would any of you guys be happy with that type of a haul for Justin Fields? Sure. No. No. How many first round I, picks? I, uh, two to three. Fifteen. Three first round picks. Three second round picks. <laughs> and somebody else's um, best offensive lineman or top wide receiver. So, so you do have kind of a number and an idea of what you would want for Justin. It Fields. would be asinine. But yeah, highly unrealistic. Number. Yes. Yep. So essentially what I'm saying is I agree with Matt, but like, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, it would I mean, have to be outrageous. You'd get some good things out of it, but probably not enough to then have an amazing, amazing year next year. And if they don't like go to the Super Bowl next year, everyone's just going to be pissed at the bears for the next 15 years. Why do they trade fields? Like you at least got to see where he can go giving him like the team around him. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you guys. I, like I said, I think Justin Fields has proven enough out there, but um, it, it is interesting about the rumors that are out there. I'm not surprised by them, but you know, I think we have to prepare ourselves for anything to happen. Cause this, this GM did not draft Justin Fields. It, you know, he could see a quarterback that he wants out there and he might, we might take him. So it's true. It was, it was pace that drafted him, not polls. So completely different Ryan, everybody. Completely different Ryan. <laughs> different Ryan P. <laughs> you don't want to get your P's confused, you know? No, no. Or your Matt's. Oh, some, Jesus. Some Matt confused. Tell me too. about it. Man, Matt's are the worst when you get them confused. Yeah. Well, we're not confused when about... when you don't. They're still the worst. Easy. Easy. <laughs> There's a... Uh... You know what, Chris? I think I've had enough of your attitude. Let's go ahead and take a break right now. When we come back, it'll be time for trivia and Matt gets answers. So stick around. That's it. Chris, I quit. This stop is it. ridiculous. Stop it. I want to raise. Stop it. Just stop it. All right. <laughs> a raise. It's time for the trivia question of the week. So, Chris, take it away, sir. What happens when you don't put any effort into a song for a segment you don't like? This Alex's trivia. All right. right. Thank, you. thank you for that intro. <laughs> all right. So since we all have had uh, birthdays over the past couple months, I decided to make a little birthday trivia thing. Boo. Uh, so birthday I'm going to let you know <laughs> each of you <laughs> What happened on your birthdays? All right. And everything I'm reading is factual. It did happen. It may have happened the day before your birthday, your day after your birthday, 
or on your birthday or any other day beyond those three <laughs> or any any other day it could be random Some but, time of the year but they all happened so we're going to start off with uh matt here uh december 8th so in a in 1984 eric dickerson Rushed for 215 yards for season record of 2,105 yards. That's option A. That could have happened on your birthday. Uh, option B, in 1985, Jerry Rice begins an NFL streak of 274 consecutive games with a reception. Or C, in 1961, Wilt Chamberlain scores 78 points to defeat the LA Lakers for the second highest point total in NBA history. Or D, all of the above. Matt, since it's your birthday, <laughs> we'll start with you. I'm Happy go birthday, with... Matt. Oh, thanks. I, I think it was the Wilt Chamberlain one because I, I just always felt a really close connection to him. Like we're practically the same person. So it's got to be that one. Yes, he was seven feet tall and black. You're, you're right about that. So Matt, you are correct. It is C. <laughs> All right. Next up is Peter. Peter, on December 15th, in 1997, the San Francisco 49ers... Happy birthday, Peter. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers retired Joe Montana's number. Or is it B? In 1973, O.J. Simpson became the first NFL running back to rush for 2,000 yards. Or C? In, in 2019... Joe Burrow was awarded the 85th Heisman Trophy with the highest first place votes of 90.7% or D, all of the above. Alex, I'm going to go with a D. D. No, remember, it's either happened before or after or on. So this with... all happened. I'm going to go with D, Alex. Okay. It's A. You're wrong. So, Matt. <laughs> You're in the lead. No, no, no. I said A. You didn't understand me. I said A. <laughs> Alex, said, I'm I choose. A. I choose why, why D A. D A is what he said. I choose D A. He I was doing a like a Jamaican, Sorry. you know, accent. Jamaican me crazy. All right. Last up here. <laughs> Last up here is Chris. Your birthday was on January fifteenth. Ah, uh, happy right. birthday, Chris. All right. In 1982, basketball rules were first published in the Triangle Magazine written by James Naismith. Or option B, first NFL All-Star game is played at Wrigley Field in Chicago. It was the New York Giants beating the All-American All-Stars. When? It, January 15th. Um, I did not write the year for that one, so my apologies. Uh and in or C, it's tough to C. write a year when you're making it up, you know. It's Jeez. no, all these things happened, <laughs> they all happened. I'm not making any of this up. <laughs> oh, yeah, an all star game for baseball happened in, in January, huh? Oh, oh. I'm <laughs> no, at, at an outdoor stadium, eh? I'll, I'll look, I'll look it up for you, yeah. right? Yeah, didn't you say it wasn't a, a baseball game that wasn't a no, another sport? It was a football game. Here we go. Oh, football yeah. game. Okay, okay. If it was a NFL football star football game in January, all star at a baseball field hmm. game. 
You know, the Bears used to play at Wrigley, right? It's true. Know this? They did. Numbskulls. And did you know I used to like trivia? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're joining my ranks. This is good. Soon we will all be was, on the same page. This is a fun game in, we had once. It was in once. 1939. I'll send you all the link. 39. All Got it. Jerks. Okay. January 15th, 1939. I'll know the date it happened. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I would not be sending you the link. <laughs> or in 1942, uh, Chicago uh, Cubs dropped plans to install lights at Wrigley Field because of military needs for materials. Uh, it would uh, not be installed for another 35 years. Or D, all the above. What's your guess, sir? B. B? Yeah, we've talked the a lot about game? it. Sure, why not? You are incorrect. Matt is the winner today. The correct answer was D. They all, all have an birthday. Congratulations. Hold on. Oh, nice. Okay, what else you got, Alex? That was it. You guys, it's three of you. You oh. each had birthdays. All right, thank God. You no, no, no. Trivia question for yourself and your own birthday? I'm going to guess my own birthday? <laughs> I still think you could get it wrong. <laughs> Alex, I have a trivia question for you. February 13th, 1992, the Chicago Bulls played the Portland Trailblazers in um, in Portland, which is, of course, where you would play the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> How many slices of pizza did Michael Jordan have before the game? <laughs> did someone spit on it or call A, it to? one slice. <laughs> B, three slices. C, five slices, or D, no slices because Portland pizza is the worst. You got to do all of the above. That's the funny part. Or E, nine slices. All of the above. <laughs> so no slices and nine slices. All of the above, Chris. You just add them up. <laughs> I need the answer. You have to answer, Alex. Question, please. Huh? I need to oh answer the of a question. Even listening. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm going to go with D if this is an actual question. That was, that was not the form of a question, but the answer is D. You are correct. You think? You can't prove that. All right. And that will do it for the best segment in sports. Now, moving on to something fun. Let's talk some answers, as in Matt gets answers. Chris, take it away. It's that time Matt Getz is here. He's going to get some questions inside our ears. He wants answers, so give it to him now. It's Matt Getz answers. Yow. We're not getting Beautiful. sued because they don't listen to us. The two of you chiming in on that one. Chevy Chase doesn't care anymore. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. We got a few here from a few different sports. Some controversial ones, but we're going to get right into this. So the first one here, it starts with a quote. Stop the traveling. Stop carrying the ball. Stop the moving screens. The players are getting away with murder. Anyone know who said that, first of all? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, this isn't really a trivia segment. But anyway, Rick Barry said that complaining about the NBA refs recently. He said this as of a few weeks ago. 
And I have to agree with him. When I watch a game, I think it's just ridiculous what the players get away with. They kind of just float and glide along and move towards the hoop with like three and a half steps. I don't really care how you're defining it, but it is not the like the two step rule that I grew up learning. Do you guys think two and a half? Do you think plus a gather? Don't forget the gather. Yeah, the the gather. Well, the half is the gather. Which is not an official rule. That's something they just stopped calling that became okay. Do you guys think it is better with these like loose rules? Or do you think they should stick to more strict following of the original bylaws? Here's what I'll tell you. This this started being a problem in the late nineties. Uh carried into, you know, the two thousands, obviously, carried pun intended. Uh and and has raised scoring. So somebody who scores, you know, 40,000 points in their career, uh, it'll be a little inflated over somebody who, had they played the same number of seasons, not taken two seasons off in the middle of it while they were scoring 2,500 points per season on average, and maybe would have averaged about 18 points per game for two more seasons, maybe playing 68 games a season without carrying the ball, would have already had one more point that's right, one more point than the current points leader without carrying the ball, okay? Okay, okay. What I'm saying here is Michael Jordan didn't carry the ball, and he still scored a ton of points. (laughs) LeBron James is playing in an era where you can do whatever you want, gallop through the lane, gather the ball, carry the ball, take three steps. They changed the game to increase the scoring to make it more exciting, to get more people to watch. It's more of an offensive game now. So that's the game we have. Everybody's playing on an equal equal playing field now. But that's, I think, my point here is, uh, I was being silly a little bit, but my point is you can't, you can't compare the GOATs at all because they're playing in different eras with different rules too. So it is a little bit ridiculous that they can get away with that, and we grew up with all these strict rules. If I was playing defense against some of these guys playing in the NBA now at a pickup game, which we, you know, said I could find Scalabrini last week. We talked about this. I would just stand there, put my hands in my pockets and go, carry. And then he would go dunk. I said, nah, don't count. Carry. Give me the ball. Let's try that again. (laughs) And I'd be that jerk. But the NBA is not doing that anymore because they want people to watch. And I get that from a business perspective. But it does kind of stick in my craw. So I don't think more scoring is necessarily better basketball, though. You know, like as far as like, you know, the three point shooting specifically, you know, with as much three point shooting as they're in now, is the game more efficient? Statistically, it is. It's it's, it's most efficient. It's been um, in its existence. But I wouldn't say that's better basketball to watch. Um, it's not it's not enjoyable, at least in my eyes. So, yeah, I do wish that they would call um, these things more and tighten, tighten the game up a little bit more. Um, and, and I do wish that they would, uh, you know, adjust the rules to um, introduce a little bit more physicality to uh, the game as well. But um, I, I don't like the way that the game is being officiated right now. If you see a foul, call the foul. It's really as easy as it gets. If you see a carry, call the carry. 
If you see a travel, call the travel. I think we all agree on this, right? I mean, you're catching on. It was. If you see something, say something, guys. It's that same concept from the the late '90s with baseball. Chicks dig the long ball. They wanted the ratings. <laughs> I agree with you, Alex. I don't necessarily think it's better basketball, and I don't necessarily think it's more fun to watch. But I think the the mass public must. And that must be why the NBA allows it and change things. I mean, after the 92 Olympics, when they, they figured out what the, what's this Euro step that's allowed in international basketball, they've carried that into the NBA. The Euro step is allowed, and it's it, it was a segue. That was the gateway drug to everything else. I agree. I don't, I don't think it makes it better. I think it makes it sort of just more annoying almost to watch, and it kind of just feels sloppy. Like the points are higher, but I mean, with no rules, the points can be super high. I think I think it's it's more of a challenge and more fun to watch when it's more strictly upheld and things there's, are there's being more called. strategy to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now it's kind of just like if you you will it, you can make it happen just through like you know flying towards the goal. Speaking of flying towards the goal, this story, I don't know. So it's come to light that Scotty Pippen, beloved by all Bulls fans to some extent, his ex-wife is dating Michael Jordan's son. Oh boy. I thought I only question that. I have for you is how do you feel about this? Which son is it? Is it Jeff? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> Does does it really matter? It better no, be I, Jeff. I, I He's the oldest, know. isn't he? I mean, I think I think it might be the oldest. I think it might be the oldest, but it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Um, I I don't know how to feel about this. It's very strange. It's it's you know, especially after the issues that Jordan and Pippen are having. You know, is it is it kind of a way that the MJ's getting back at him? <laughs> like. I don't, I don't know what's going on with, with that, but you know, when you see them together, they they generally look like they uh, enjoy being uh, around each other and uh, care for each other. So, uh, in that sense, it should be okay. But uh, it's still odd. It's still odd. Did you comment on this, Peter? I don't really have a comment on it. I think it's just weird, man. Like, just nothing about it feels right to me. So I'm just gonna. Be like, all right, well, good for you guys. I'm going to stay out of this one. Yeah, it, it is weird. I, mean, I kind of think it's more just, I mean, she was already on that reality show, like the the Real Housewives of Miami, and he's obviously, you know, by proxy, a public figure as well. I kind of think the whole thing is just sort of a publicity stunt. So I'm sure, on. they may have cared for each other, but I, I think there was just... They knew feels, it would create a story. When they feels did like it. a whole lot of thirstiness. Has it created as big of a story as you would have thought it would have? Though I don't think it really has. I don't think I don't think his son really brings that much attention to it. It's more just like the fact that you know Pippen and Jordan, you know, have that end massy towards each other now, and and you know his ex wife and his son are dating now. That, that's, that's what makes it, it so great. It's just <laughs> this little like small thing that like <laughs> jordan can be like even my son is okay i see where you're going with that one i see where you're going with that one okay moving on to something very different but equally controversial 
So the South African governing body of track and field is allowing trans women to compete if their test levels are below 2.5 nanomoles per liter of blood. This is a tough question, but how do you feel in general about the whole trans variables in sports and rules and allowing, you know, various trans members to play for the the genders that they may not have been born with? You know, I'm I'm all for each gender having their own league because it does increase participation and it does make everybody feel, you know, like like they have a say in the sport. But honestly, I think that they should get rid of gender just genderizing sports um like for instance basketball there are basketball there are female basketball players out there who could stand with the nba could play nba if they wanted to yep um some sports because of the muscularity is it, it might be a little tougher but i think you'd still have women in football i used to work with a woman who who played in a uh, a minor league football league and she was like she was strong as heck um it's it's one of those things where i i just i i don't think we need to have you know a boys club and a girls club anymore i think we can just have the club interesting point but if that's true it's almost like there's one club and only the strongest get to play, which would be yeah. 98% men and 2% women. That would be even less women being able to play. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that's the only thing that should be able to. Like I said, I, I appreciate the, the representation that's allowed by having multiple teams. So you still have those other teams. But I'm just saying there, there should just be a team where if you feel you're good enough, you should be able to go for that. Team. So you're saying that they should still have the the WNBA or, or uh, you know, kind of the, the- or maybe open up the G League to everyone as well. Type of thing. I'm saying open up the NBA to everyone. Yeah, open up the NBA, of course. Yeah, make sure the NBA is open not, everyone. Not lose the WNBA or keep the right. WNBA. And then the WNBA would, would become more of a G League type situation where it would be another it would be another minor league. Kind of like how it is now. It's 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 a minor league to the NBA. It's it's not nearly as big, not nearly as popular, even though it's growing. But I think you like some of those players would succeed in the NBA and do well. Yeah. Yeah. There is a really interesting idea though, about like almost considering like, instead of it's the men's and women's league, if you consider like the open class, which is the best of all humans, Mm -hmm. like whatever form you are, if you beat out everyone else, then you can play. I mean, the the majority of that would be men for most sports just because of, you know, the differences, but, yeah, there's no reason why there couldn't be a female in a lot of sports. There wouldn't be a lot of them, but there could be a few. And that could be kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, though. Neil, uh, what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson? I forget, I forget his name. Yeah. Yes, no, Neil no, no. deGrasse Tyson. It's, Alex, it's Neil Diamond. That's who you're trying to reference. <laughs> I was going Neil Diamond as well. Originally, I'd, Yeah. It makes more sense if you if you tell a story about Neil Diamond here it would make more sense as long as you didn't say Neil DeGrassi. Yeah, he was writing the song America and DeGra- DeGrassi would be where what's his face started uh, his career. We're going to a Drake Drake, thank you. <laughs> but he he mentioned the fact that the only reason that we are having this issue. Uh, with you know um, transgenders and, and everything, it's it's only because of sports, 
because of that separation in sports. Otherwise, you know, why do we care? Why does it matter? So it's it's interesting that this is coming up. But I mean, the fact that it is separated now, um, I, I think it's really um, the women who should be responding to that question, whether or not they're fine with a transgender coming in and playing against them. I mean, do I care? Not really. <laughs> I'm fine with them participating, but, um, but you know, I, I'm not the one in those races. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody should be able to participate that wants to. And if they've created a guideline and they say this guideline, if this guideline is met then, or these criteria are met, um, then they can participate, then follow that. I think that's fine. Everybody get to play. Everybody. Love it. Now, circling back to something we talked about earlier. Alex, you mentioned this player. This was one of your early segments. So history was made recently with a certain player that we talked about at length. And so now I'm going to get into a discussion about who is the overall GOAT. I know you said you can't compare GOAT from year to year, but I'm going to go even crazier. Who is the GOAT from all sports? And I'm going to mm. narrow it down to two people, Jordan or Brady. You mm. saw that poll too, huh? You're missing one. Gretzky. Gretzky. But he wasn't even on the poll. Gretzky sure didn't even make the top he five. Been. He should have been. Jordan hit 19% and Brady hit 12%, right, Matt? I honestly didn't see that poll, but that poll thinks a lot like me. Yeah, it came out it came out yesterday. Um, what, what, what was the results? Jordan was 19% of the results as the greatest athlete of all time, and Tom Brady was number two with 12%. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, oh, I think you you shared that with us, Matt, didn't you? I think you did. Me? Or someone shared it with me. I don't share things. I don't. I don't know no. where I, I saw. saw I saw that. I saw those results though. Um, I don't know where I saw them. I, th- I think one was like um, uh, internationally, and one was uh, domestically, and and Jordan won both. Um, I, I didn't remember Tom Brady. Thought being you so shared high. that. No, I didn't share anything like that. Maybe I did. Who knows? But who knows? Um, <laughs> wouldn't be you. <laughs> There's there's no way to find out, <laughs> but um, but no, I'm I'm not shocked to to see that. Um, I am shocked that it, that that has to be just domestic because I mean the NFL isn't a, a worldwide sport. I mean I think maybe a few people I mean people might chime into it, but they don't care about it as much as they do soccer or any other sports that they they may watch. But that that'd be more of a domestic uh, survey. But uh, you know. I would have voted Jordan, um, Tom Brady. I, I love Tom Brady, uh, but but Tom Brady to me was always in competition for being the best quarterback in the league. It wasn't like far and away he was the best quarterback in the league. Um, he did sustain it for a longer period of time, which is phenomenal. And, and just like LeBron James, he sustained it for a long period of time, which is a longevity thing. But, but my, my thing's not longevity, so that's um, that's why I would lean towards Jordan. Let Christopher. Me, let me tell you who Tom Brady beat out. Behind him, number three was Muhammad Ali. It reminds you, this is the greatest mm-hmm. athlete of all time among U.S. sports fans voting. Muhammad Ali came in at 8%. Babe Ruth came in at 7 Now, Babe Ruth 
did incredible things, and he changed the world when it comes to sports. Greatest athlete of all time? Dude could swing a bat while he was drunk. Real, real wasted and hit home runs. He could pitch, too. He could pitch like a beast. But he beat Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was at 5% um, and came in at number five. LeBron James came in at number six, 4%. Jim Thorpe, 4% at number seven. So basically tied with LeBron. So so Jim Thorpe was up there, Chris? Jim Thorpe? Yeah, shut up. Remember? Lionel Messi. <laughs> Lionel Messi came in at 3%. What do you have against Jim Thorpe, Chris? Jeez. Oh, golly. <laughs> Um, so one of our great Native American sports heroes. Why do you hate him so much? I don't hate him. Shut up. <laughs> Messi wow, came in. dude. Messi... Alex, did you know about this? I'm as shocked as you are, Pete. I'm as wow, shocked as you man. are. Matt, I-, I can understand if you don't want to join the show anymore because of Chris's views on Mr. Thorpe. That is I am that is Native appalling, American. Sir. So, I am, know, I I am both shocked and appalled. Anyway, uh, Messi came shocked in at 3%. And Pele. Pele was number nine at three percent, and Serena Williams that rounded it out at number ten at three percent. So I'm sorry, Gretzky was not on that at all. Gretzky's not. He was on there. It. He was. He was lower. <laughs> He's lower. He's. I think he got like three or two percent. So uh, this is the reason why I keep bringing this guy's name up, is because he holds the record in the NHL for most points, like over a career, which is amazing. But the real amazing part is if. Even if you took all of his goals away, he would still lead the NHL in points yeah. over yeah. a career. He, t- he okay. Wayne Gretzky is all the way at the bottom of this list, two percent. He's tied with Simone Biles and Bo yeah. Jackson I mean, and Jesse Owens and Michael. I'm Phelps. making the face. I'm making the face made famous by another gymnast. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's almost like the rest of this list could just be a huge argument. But the top of Wait, the list what? for Tom the whole Brady list is a huge argument. Yeah. That's what I mean, this whole point is. Tom Brady is right behind Jordan. So, well, yeah, as, as yeah, you can be. argue for all the different players. As it should be. My question mainly is Jordan or Brady, your thoughts. So Chris, what do you think about the two? And, and obviously where would you rank them? It's Jordan is Jordan hands down. Brady's Brady's the, the, has the most longevity, the best quarterback. He's doing one of the most things in the NFL. Great, great, great. But Jordan, Jordan is the best athlete ever. Jordan would, he, you'd ask him to play darts, he'll slaughter you. He would, you go, bo- Jordan, we're going to go bowling. I'm going to kick your butt. No, Jordan's yeah. going to find a way to destroy you at that. He went out and he tried to play one of the hardest sports that exist in baseball that you have to have extreme coordination to play. And he still hit a home run. Um, and, and he played, he played baseball for a season and he did pretty decent, you know, you know, for a guy that had just walked off the street basically into, yeah, he hadn't played since sport. like high school. Yeah. yeah. Greatest athlete of all time. Hands down is Jordan. It's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's incredible at football, but it's not Tom Brady overall. There's no way to be able to tell who the greatest is across all the sports it's it's impossible to do so, and by the, and and regardless of that, everybody knows that the correct answer is Frank Thomas. So, <laughs> <laughs> I really I just don't know why we're having this conversation right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's it's difficult too because I mean uh, in the NBA you you play both sides of the ball in the NFL you don't. So um, it's it's it is a silly argument. It is a silly argument. 
Yeah, well, I mean, Brady has, I think, of all the major sports, he has the record for the most championships, which is a really compelling fact. But what what takes away from it is, even if you're the best quarterback who ever lived, which he may be, you're still only playing half the game. Yeah. Whereas Jordan, in basketball, you got to be on the court offense and defense like there's you have to do everything and he still just dominated in a way that i don't think brady did i mean like brady's like rushing his career rushing record is like nine inches per carry it's terrible <laughs> i mean he he wasn't like a super he impressive did, athlete he was just well, smart and do, great and could yeah. win but he wasn't for like position, the best athlete for his position he did what he had to do at, at, at such a high level for such a long period of time, better than anyone. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think your initial question was overall. I'm not, I'm not sure if you, if you meant overall just because it it was um, between several sports or just like overall type of game. But to, to me, overall, it would be Jordan. What do you got, Pete? No, I mean, one thing we can say for sure, Matt, is that you are the goat of our third segment. That's what we can say for sure. Thank you for that, sir. And with that, that was a dig on Alex (laughs) because his segment is bad now. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, it's time for a question out of left field. Oh, Matt, what in the world is this question out of left field you keep talking about? I'm glad you asked, Peter. The question out of left field, this is that part of the show where the only part of the question that has to do with sports is that fun little intro right there. Oh, you you got us again. <laughs> That's why like I'm the goat. show. So of the third segment. <laughs> Too many cooks. <laughs> Too so many we were kitchens. all raised probably with some level of manners, varying, of course, based on, you know, your family and upbringing and all of that. But to a certain extent, you were probably taught some age it's not polite to swear those were words you might get in trouble for and then as you get a little older that fades away so there is a little bit of trivia in here in that what are the top five movies that have the most swear words and then what age did you start feeling comfortable to swear peter you raised your hand (laughs) Um, Goodfellas is up there. It is not on the top five list. Oh boy, Chris, what do you? Got? Are they are they well known movies? Out of the five, oh, The Departed. Yeah. No. The, no. No. Are any of them? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, are are they well known movies? Like, would we oh, recognize? What about name? The Wolf of Wall Street? That's number one. Mm. There we go. I had a movie now, in now mind. we're back on track. <laughs> I had a movie in mind that I saw back in the nineties that I probably shouldn't have seen. Uh it's called Get Shorty. Was that on the list? No. Wow, okay. It was not. All right, this might be too random, so I can just say the the five if we No, no, no. no we'll we'll take our time here. <laughs> oh, movies, movies. Was it Short a rated circuit. R film? No. Your mother was a rated R, I'm sure uh, all rated R. The, the hangover. Rated. They would have to be rated R. No. No, not the hangover. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Super bad. No. Good mm-hmm. guess. 
but no, that was a very good guess. What do you got, Matt? All right, number five, Fury. Hmm. Number four, Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Really? That makes sense. That is the second time I failed on Jay and Silent Bob strike back. (laughs) Lamore and I apologize for the first time. (laughs) Different podcast. Mm -hmm. Number three, Casino. Mm. That checks out. Number two, Uncut Gems, which I'm not familiar with. I Adam Sandler movie. Adam flick. Sandler, Kevin Garnett. That's a great movie. Man. I haven't that's seen that one. Flick. You need to, you need to watch that one. And then of course, Wolf of Wall Street, as you already said, it comes in at number one. Jonah Hill is the actor who has the most swears with 376 total. <laughs> wow. He was a dirty, dirty man in Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> which is 22.9 swears per 1,000 words. He spoke. Yeah. And it was all improv. But the the second part of the question is, when did you start feeling comfortable swearing? I mean, man, I don't know that I feel comfortable now. Yeah, I don't know. I was still giving you guys the business when we were in high school. And Alex would say a bad word at the jewel in the checkout. Oh, yeah. Watch your mouth. Old, Old cussing Navarro over there. Yeah. I don't know, Matt. I mean, comfortable saying a swear word? Comfortable would have been would have been probably in high school when I felt comfortable doing it. Like there's not going to be a backlash for me saying this word. I can't put my finger on like when, but somewhere in that yeah. range. I mean, I'd still get slapped if I swore in front of my mother, so mm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I w- I would say um in, in junior high I, it was still a shock for friends to hear me swear. I think like, I think I, I remember this one time, um, I can't remember sixth or seventh grade, but like they were like sitting around the table, like forcing me, like say, hey, Alex, say a swear word, say a swear word. Uh, so it really wasn't until high school while I, w- while I was like finally comfortable, like cussing and not, um, you know, not looking over my shoulder for my mom to come slap me. I'm going to tell you. That's mom. how you can tell how dumb high school or middle schoolers are. Hey, Alex, say a swear word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, say a swear word, Alex. Yeah. Hilarious. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb. This is dumb. Yeah, this is real dumb. <laughs> and Peter, to your point, I'm the same way. I, I've never sworn from my parents. Like, I mean, there might have been a time in my life where I accidentally said it and, like, instantly regretted it, mm-hmm. but never, ever to this day would I purposely do it or be comfortable doing it. And in general, I try not to, because I think you can, you know, get your point across without saying that. There's a, there's a lot of words out there. You don't have to f- swear, you know, it's just not needed. <laughs> a former coworker of mine put it in really good perspective. I mean, I was just out of college and that was probably peak swearing time for me, which is still low compared to the average individual. And he said he had a football coach and he and he had this phrase. His football coach told him, "It's false toughness," and that really stuck with me. I'm like, "Hmm, yeah. Like, why am I doing this? It's kind of like to get a reaction to, to like you know, have people think of me a certain way when I say it. I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of not what I need. I could be more respected if I didn't have to say that when I was getting my point across. It's true. So, it's like for true. example, you could say something like, "What in the Sam." 
is this, you know, or, uh, or Chris language, sir. What's that f dog talking about over there? It's with the barks? Sam H E double hockey sticks. My good man. I don't know what the f you're talking about right now. Wow. Wow. Gee, you just, you just, I hope you got the sensor beep ready. He will. He oh. will. Oh, it'll be ready. It'll be hey. damn good and ready. Thanks, Matt. That was really, really like inspiring and thought provoking. Oh, shucks. there it is. <laughs> You're blushing. All right. And this has crawling to a stop right now. Let's go ahead and just <laughs> mercifully end this segment. Matt, thank you very much for joining us and giving us your insights on Matt Gets Answers. Guys, I hope we all learned something today. Wait, when we grow up. We'll should be we awesome. have done that by now? Someday, Chris. Someday. We're 40. For now. Oh, no. God, we are 40. What the hell happened? On behalf of 40 year old Chris, 40 year old Alex, and our special guest, 40 year old Matt, I am. Dashingly young Peter. And this has been the hard cap. <laughs>